Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Influence in my life and all of our lives. I give honor to our pastor. Putting together this sermon tonight made me truly respect how hard it is. It's, it's never been easy before, and I don't do this a whole lot, but I, I understand better the, the nerves because you're trying to handle the Word of God and, and speak it properly and rightly to a crowd and with anointing, not just your own opinion. And so I, I give him great honor because this is it's, it's a heavy burden on top of everything else that he does for the church as pastor. And I give honor to, they're not my youth pastors anymore, but growing up there, my youth pastors, brother and sister Mason, I am here because their teachings and the, the effort they really put into sacrificing a bunch of Friday nights and teaching Sunday school and just being examples, examples in worship and, and living this life, not just, not just teaching it. And likewise, my parents, for the same reason. A lot of people grow up in church whose parents weren't really examples to them. And I, I am blessed, truly, to have had that. But tonight, we're going to turn to John chapter 7, just two verses, or three verses, starting at verse number 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. For just a few minutes tonight, and it probably will only be a few minutes. I've only got like three pages of notes. So uh, I'm going to speak on this subject, stagnant water. So if you'll just help me pray for, for a moment. Lord, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. God, being able to come together and worship. God, being able to come, God, and hear your word. And God, I pray, let this word, God, not go forth. God, and be fruitless. But God, I pray, anoint our understanding. God, anoint our hearts. Help us to receive your word with gladness. Anoint my lips, God, to speak your word. God, not just what I think, not just what I feel. But God, the word that you have given me, God. And, Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name. You can go ahead and be seated. The definition of stagnant, of a body of water or the atmosphere of a confined space, having no current or flow, and often having an unpleasant smell as a consequence. One of the greatest travesties in life is to see someone with amazing potential not use it. To see them settle into just mediocrity and become stagnant. It's clear to us that this person was meant for so much more than what they've become. But all we can really do is watch it happen because we can't force someone to live up to their potential that we see in them. And I believe one of the most common thoughts that we have just as people is 
I wouldn't let that talent go to waste if I had it. If I could do this or that like they could, I'd definitely use that. It's usually not the case. <laughs> we usually tend to allow our own talents go to waste. Sometimes we just don't realize what we have. But in my own personal life, I love strength training. I love it. It's what I live for. Uh, I've never been one for the aesthetics or bodybuilding side, so I'm not going to look all that great. But, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with training to be stronger. Uh, I've recently come into the sport of strongman, and I've been implementing it into my training as I learn the lifts. It's awkward. It's weird. I don't know what I'm doing. I look stupid half the time, but I'm having fun with it. Right now, at my current stats, I, am at a, I float around 245 pounds of my body weight. I can squat 405. I can bench 325. I can deadlift over 500 and overhead press 200 pounds. Some of my current goals for strongman is to be able to do a log press at 250 pounds, do a farmer's carry with 300 pounds in each hand, lift a 400-pound atlas stone, just this concrete ball. That's all it is. And to be able to pull a fire truck because that would be really cool. <laughs> and I try not to get really depressed or bummed out because at, at this body weight and powerlifting and strongman, my current lifts are really nothing. Like I could not enter a competition and win, get even last place. It's, they're that low. But it does give me something to look forward to. It does give me something to strive in and to grow into. And it's exciting, the thought of the journey. And it uh, really adds fuel to my fire. And that helps me to have a, a passion for it. And I love it. When I first started, I was just 168 pounds. I was really skinny. I wasn't really strong. Uh, I didn't know how to do anything except push-ups. And I was too afraid of looking silly or sounding dumb by asking other people in the gym, how do I do this? How do I use that? Uh, so instead, I just looked like an idiot by doing it all wrong. So <laughs> I, was, I was the loser for about a year. <laughs> yeah, it was a long year. But I did finally uh, suck it up and ask somebody for help, and that's, that's how things really got momentum. Uh, but at the beginning, when I was starting, when I was new, the first few years, everyone looked so big and strong and fit and confident. Like, it was really intimidating. Like, it's, like, don't eat me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying here. Like, like, let me grab these little weights here and just hide in the corner. Uh, but they became my motivation and gave me something to push towards. Because, like, hey, I, I want to be able to do what that guy is doing. That would be really cool. Uh, those same people, uh, they actually have given me a lot of advice over the years. They have spotted me on my lifts. They help fuel my fire when I didn't have the motivation to put much effort into my workout. Uh, I mean, I'm only human. Even though I love it, I've got off days where I just don't want to do it. That's, that's what it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to tell you now, I would not be as strong as I am today if it wasn't for the passion of the other gym goers when I was new. I've always wanted to be strong. It's always been my thing. I just... Always wanted that. But my desire for it by itself wasn't always enough, and I needed the other people at the gym to push me and keep me going. Uh, 
when I first started, I had no clue how to do anything. Now I'm strong and confident enough to pass on what I've learned and help teach people how to do the different lifts, how to stay motivated. I mean, others have done that for me, and I want to be that for someone else too. But there has been this great travesty in the gym I go to. Several other people who were there when I first started have gone to another gym. They've quit working out entirely and just let themselves go. Or they've just kind of grown stagnant in their workouts. They're there. They kind of do stuff. I don't see the same passion and fire as I did a few years ago, and it breaks my heart. The only competition I have left to push myself against is the memory of what used to be. There's a, there's a few people in there that are still going at it, but it's just not like it used to be. At the gym I, anymore, I feel so alone in my strength training. I've never actually had a gym partner to train with anyway, but I did used to have other passionate gym goers to push me. And even if they weren't strength training, they were still passionate and growing. And that's what got me motivated. My only choice now is to push myself and rely solely on my own motivation. And that's hard to do because, like I said, I don't always feel like doing it. No matter how passionate you are about something, when you're surrounded by lifeless, stagnant people, it tends to drag you down, really puts a damper on your fire. How terrible it is to walk into a place once full of passion, only to find it now stagnant, where there was once life and energy, where people were once excited to be, but now is dull and lifeless. Church, we are guilty of the sin of stagnation. God has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost that came at a great cost. And it is as a river of living water flowing out of our bellies. But we are becoming stagnant. We allow barely the smallest of streams to kind of trickle out. Instead of letting this river, this torrent of living water to flow. Church is becoming more of an obligation we'd rather skip out on rather than a place of worship and healing. We have, in years past, we have come in with the expectation of having a great service and a move of God. You could feel it before you even walked in. We are here to worship and pray and have a move of God to hear the word and be changed. But now we come in just expecting the same routine. That this first song will be this long, and then that, then we're going to pray, and then on down the line. To the point where it actually feels a little weird if a song lasts 30 seconds longer than usual. It's, it's a sad place, and we're becoming unmoved by the Holy Ghost. I've heard it said you, and I tried to fact check this, but didn't have any luck, but I've heard it said you only need to give about a 30% effort in the gym just to maintain your physical fitness. You're not growing. You're just maintaining. You're just kind of become stagnant, unmoving in either direction, and you remain the same. You may not really be losing anything, but you're definitely not gaining. Uh, and in fitness, there are times where this is needed because there's times when maybe you need to focus on something else for a brief period. One example 
a very clear example is COVID-19. Things shut down. You can't do what you used to do. Uh, the maintenance period is needed. Do stuff at home. Uh, but maintenance periods are not meant to be lived in forever. There are only three options from this period. Get back to where you were. Adapt and grow in a different way because you just, there's no way to get back to that. So you grow in a different way. Or quit. And stop. It's one short and very easy step away from quitting. Once someone loses the momentum, it takes a lot of effort to get growing again, to get passionate again. And that's what I see happening in church. We show up, we sit down in a pew, we give a little effort in our worship, we kind of listen to what the pastor is saying, we mostly ignore the altar call, and then we can finally leave and go do something else we'd rather do. I've had... I've had the opportunity to be up in the sound and media booth for a while, and I can see it happening. And it hurts, and it pains me. COVID-19 has done a number on us, forcing us into a type of maintenance period. There's a while we couldn't really show up, and we had to maintain. We had to find other ways. We had to do online services. But we can't afford just to stay in that position. We are either going to get back to growing or we're going to stagnate and die. And I don't want us to offer nothing more than just a memory of what we used to be. When someone is serious about physical fitness, it's obvious in some way, shape, or form. They're going to talk about it. Just ask my family when I was kind of newer at it. I talked about it all the time. I, I loved it. Uh, they will try to get you to be a part of it. They are seen doing things related to fitness even when they're not at the gym. That'll really preach because sometimes people only are Christians when they're at church, kind of. But then outside of it, you would never know. But annoying as those crazy fitness people can be, you also know that if you ever desire to get strong or fit or kind of be like them, you could talk to them about it. It's obvious that they live this way. It's obvious they know what they're talking about. It's obvious they could be a help and a guidance to someone trying to find their own way. But the stagnant fitness people, those who are just maintaining, those who are just kind of there, they don't really talk about it. They're not really seen doing anything fitness-related outside of the gym. They're typically not going to be the type of person you go to when you need gym advice. And for good reason. Why would you go for someone that's just kind of there for real advice? I don't want us to be like that in this church. We need to be more serious about living for God. We need that fire and that passion in our service and outside of our services. We ought to be talking about God and how amazing church was to other people. We need to be inviting them to services, trying to get them into this thing. 
We need to be seen living a godly lifestyle outside a church, not just be seen showing up to a church service. It's okay if the people around us find our passion for church a little annoying. As long as they know they have someone they can easily come to when they need to know about God, when they need someone to pray for them, when they need to know something about how do I even get into church. It's rare that someone comes to church and gets saved without having that kind of witness in their life, without having someone invite them, without having someone else have a passion that bleeds over into them, showing them, hey, this is awesome. You really need to do this. But the stench of a stagnant church is just going to deter people away from it. I do not like to go somewhere and just sit for an hour. I don't like to waste my time. I get bored. I need to be moving. It's just how I am. And I don't want to show up to church and just... Amen. One of the most annoying kinds of people I've ever met, for me personally, it's what I find to be one of the most annoying, is a has-been. It's, we, I'm sure we all know someone like this. Usually, usually some older guy uh, tells us how much he used to lift, how, how great he used to be, how amazing he used to be. And it's, it's not even that he has a good excuse to not be be somewhat amazing now is that he's always living in the glory days in the past not doing anything with where he is now he'll talk all day about what used to be but now he just has all kinds of excuses and reasons to be lazy and not do anything i can respect the people who lost abilities but not the passion to grow i mean Life happens, you change things. I can respect that. But I can't find anyone who respects someone with excuses to be stagnant and lazy. In anything, not just the gym, but in anything. It's when it comes to education, when it comes to any type of passion you may have. Even more so, I don't want to become a has-been in church. I don't want to be the one who used to worship, who used to be a prayer warrior, who used to be eager to do whatever I could for the kingdom of God. I don't want to tell the next generation how great church used to be back in my day, how much I used to run and dance and shout and worship God, how much I used to be a witness. The church has no need for a stagnant has-been saint who does little more than just sit on a pew. The church needs people who will allow God to flow in and through their lives. We can't be saying, amen, preach it, pastor, and then leave the altar empty when pastor gives an altar call. We can't sing songs about worshiping God with all that we are while we stand there unmoved. We cannot afford to grow stagnant while our children watch our example and follow it. Where would any of us be without the fire and the passion of the ones who have gone before us? I keep hearing of elder sister McGee and how she would stomp that devil because she hated that devil and stomp the hole in the floor. I would rather us be 
that example to generations gone by. It is our time to rise up. It is our time to let this river of living water flow out of us. It is our time to show the next generation how to live a life devoted to God. And that church is more than just an obligation. It's more than something you just need to go to. It's the best part of our life. I don't think it should be a rare thing that we get woken up by the Holy Ghost in the middle of the night to pray for someone. It shouldn't be a rare thing that we spend more than 15 minutes in our own prayer closets at home. Not that the time itself is important. It's just the time spent with God. It should not be a rare thing that we speak in tongues. It should not be a rare thing that we worship God and allow the Holy Ghost to move in our service. It should not be a rare thing to see our children jumping up and down because they see us not holding back as we worship God. It should not be a rare thing that our friends are asking us to pray for them because they see how we live our lives for God and know without a doubt that we're going to. I'm going to go ahead and ask our musicians to come and sing a song. And it doesn't have to be any specific song. I'm just asking that you just sing and worship God, whatever you feel led to. And I know at this point the normal thing is to sing a song for altar call and then go home. I've been in church for about 24 years. I know how this goes. I know the rhythm very well. And I'm really not going to make a request that we spend an extra long amount of time praying. I'm not going to ask us to bow our head and close our eyes and think about something specifically. We get so used to these things that we've learned how to be patient for the five minutes it takes for a barely acknowledged altar call to end. I've been guilty of it myself. I'm preaching to myself because in many ways I have grown stagnant. I don't like it. So instead, whether you come up to this altar, whether you stay there, sit, stand, whatever you find yourself to do in this moment, I'm asking that we focus on being who we needed when we first started this journey. My younger self, imagine being on fire for God, working in the ministry, whatever type of ministry that would be, and winning souls, being passionate and actually working for God, not just being a part of church. I don't know that I could face my younger self with where I am now, knowing I'm not living up to those desires and goals because I have become somewhat stagnant. I'm working on getting my fire and passion back because I need it. I want to draw closer to God. He has been too good to me. He is too amazing and too wonderful with just who he is, not to mention everything he has actually done. And he's worthy of so much more. And there's nothing like making sacrifice for the kingdom of God because it is a sacrifice. But it's a worthwhile one because where we may stand apart from our friends in the world and be seen as different, at the same time, there's a joy, there's a peace, there's just this amazing feeling that comes over. There's this life full of worth. 
that any sacrifice is worth it. And I'm getting back to that place. Because I want to be who I needed when I was younger. And I know you're not me. And you may not imagine doing that when you first started and had a fresh fire. I don't know if you even imagined really doing anything. Uh, it's just what I imagine for myself. But regardless of what you did or did not imagine, what kind of example did the younger you need to see in church to keep going, to get you to an altar in the first place? Was it the stagnant people that got you interested in worship and being a Christian? Or was it the ones who were letting that river of living water flow out from their bellies? I want to be who my younger self needs to see. I want to be an example to the next generation so that they know how to worship. They know how to come up and pray. They know how to put God first and that it is worth it. I want to show them it's more than an obligation and it's more than just a burden. I'm not ready to lay down, grow stagnant, and be little more than an unpleasant odor that hinders the growth of those around me. And I'm just asking that we would all focus on being who we needed when we were younger. Focus on being that example the next generation needs to see. Focus on being that example you yourself needs to see. Get back to where God is. Get back to where he's calling you to be. There's a river, a river of living water inside of us that needs to flow. And I'm asking that we stop blocking it and let God move in our lives the way he wants to move.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.